Hey there, everyone. Welcome to a new spinoff show called Oops All Cut Scenes. Uh, I am here with uh, Murph and Hello. Cal. So who's the Captain Crunch? Is this like a Oops All Berries? Or are you the Captain Crunch? Bro, are you those? I think I'm Boo Berry. <laughs> uh, I'm a Boo Berry man, yes. You want to be Boo Berry? I can be... Uh, I don't really feel like a Chocula, but I'm also not a Frankenberry. Uh, can I be Toucan Sam? <laughs> I also believe Captain Crunch is a Commodore or something like that. Yeah. I don't think he's officially a captain. Comrade Crunch. <laughs> d- d- yeah. <laughs> We're not talking about cereals. That's another cast for later. You know, when when Cal decides that c- cereal is the way to go. I want to be the uh, Diggum Frog from Honey Smacks. Is that is that available? Ooh. I believe that's Heck available. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm I I feel like I want to be wait what are they called honeycomb the honeycomb <laughs> thing yes oh the whatever the that thing, is the fur ball yes I was gonna say yes. you kind of have like sugar bear energy <laughs> oh, I can see that I can see sugar bear anyways we're off topic let us immediately start we're talking about video game movies we will continue to talk about video game uh, movies for. Now till the end of time, we start with Mortal Kombat. And then, do... and then the Mortal Kombat song plays because we're gonna do that. <laughs> okay. Um, I I don't think we're gonna do an like I don't think I'm gonna say an intro here. Directed by Paul W S Anderson, the the man, the myth, the legend. We will cite multiple times in this cast. Uh, what did we think of Mortal Kombat? Well, this is sort of like. You know the two movies we've picked for this double feature, this and Silent Hill. These are like the two quote-unquote good video game adaptations from the before times it's at the very (laughs) least like ones i hear speak about in some amount of reverence uh you know just sort of unequivocally fine um this is my first time seeing the 1995 movie oh wow but i'm a huge fan of the games um you know what i i like this a lot but it's very clearly not like it's not perfect. <laughs> no, nah. Cinematic masterpiece, it is not. Um, This is the first time it ever really clicked for me, and I don't know why it never before, but Mortal Kombat as a franchise is just Power Rangers for adults. <laughs> I can see that. And that has never been yeah. more clear with this, well. only because quite recently I've been I, I've watched a couple episodes of the original Power Rangers series. I think I see the argument with especially the movie, which I think tones down. Uh, oh, it's a little bloodless compared to the uh, hyper-violent video games, which I think are un-Power Rangers in a way. 
Uh, mm. uh, just thinking about that time in my life, Mortal Kombat 3 was coming out this year. I had only just gotten into Mortal Kombat 2 the year before, which lowered the barrier for my parents of, um, let's say, mature video games were allowed in the household mm-hmm. suddenly when I was, what, six, five or six years old at that point. And at our uh, uh, PE classes, they started playing the Mortal Kombat theme as we ran around the track. <laughs> and uh, uh, it's a good thing for me. It will always be uh, energizing in that way as a as a child thinking about uh, uh, engaging in Mortal Kombat during elementary school. Um, the theme makes you want to like punch things. It really does, which is good. I think it's one of those <laughs> cases where it's like the movie deserves to exist almost purely because of that theme. <laughs> like when yeah. that that kicks in, like that gets that gets the energy of the movie up and going, you know. Actually, I like a lot of the uh, the soundtrack of this. How it just sort of like it just kicks in with like the mic drop, and then suddenly you've got the synth and the the voice samples and things. So uh, I believe it's like like just like a cut from like a Euro dance song that I'm not very aware of because I'm not aware of Euro dance, but. I, I guess that is the source of this uh, highly synthesized dance, uh, make you want to punch things song. It's probably just some uh, European hooligans doing this thing. Mm-hmm. And it kind of is emblematic of the movie because much like the theme, the, the movie has a lot of energy. It's like, go, go, go. Very little downtime. And I kind of wonder if this is like a circumstance, like, does this even scan if you don't <laughs> know any Mortal Kombat characters? Hmm. No, I mean, uh, it. would you say it mostly goes through the first game's cast, right? It's not that concerned with, like, it's, the tertiary, I mean... It's an adaptation of the first game in that it's, like, the co- tournament on Shang Tsung's island, but they bring in elements from the second, like... Right, it's kind of like, in between. Shao Kahn, Shao Kahn and the reason for the tournaments wasn't really introduced till the second game, and you've got... Goro like, is a big one. Uh, Goro's, Goro's in the first one, two. isn't he? Is he? Yeah, Goro, I'm fairly certain, is in the first one. He's like the, the boss still, one, right? second one, it's Shao Kahn as the final boss. Right, yeah. First one's Goro, second oh, one's yeah, Shao Kahn. Maybe. Oh, maybe it's like a... Oh, he's a sub-boss. Yeah. I don't know who... I don't know who Art Lean is. Um, <laughs> that's not a character that exists. Uh, I feel like if they had just waited for Mortal Kombat 3 to come out, that could have been just like, oh, that's Striker. You know, they, uh, they, they, I think, I think the thing is, let, let's go into characterizations real quick. Cause I think Art Lean, um, is kind of meant to be like the other earthling that like can't stand a chance. Cause Raiden says, nah, they're they, all fucked. Yeah. But, they need a jobber. Yeah. And Johnny Cage is like friends with him a little bit. So then it's like, I don't know. It gives some perspective to Johnny Cage a little bit. Cause for the most of the movie, he is, uh, Almost irredeemable as a unpleasant person. Oh, so I, like. I think art's kind of important for that. Um, I like Liu Kang's characterization. I feel like Sonya doesn't have a lot to do after beating Kano. Well, that's <laughs> well, yeah, the Sonya's story of kind of put away. Life. <laughs> yeah, Sonya's kind oh, of no. captured and put away uh, at that point. And uh, uh, my, my prime text for Mortal Kombat adaptations is... Mortal Kombat The Journey Begins, I think a um, VHS-only uh, release, which uh, ended up being the only Mortal Kombat movie I've owned. 
1995. Yeah, really uh, choppy early 3D animation. It's garbage, but I have fondness for that garbage. Uh, do what do you think of the CG in this film? Very 90s CG. I was not expecting Scorpion's spear to be a levi- a living little demon thing. I'm gonna be real. That with was you. so weird. There's some things from this movie that I know were like taken into canon, like like Kano being Australian started with <laughs> yes. this movie. Before and that character. to me is best casting actually is Kano. Yeah, Whoa. the guy. It, yeah, this and I don't know how much we want to talk about the recent uh, Mortal Kombat movie, but both of them have very good Kanos. Um, yeah, but uh, that and uh, just sort of the personification of Shang Chi. Um, because in Mortal Kombat 11, I was just talking Brogan, they bring back that uh, the actor from this movie to play Shang-Chi in Mortal Kombat 11. You mean Shang, Shang, Shang Tsung? Shang Tsung. Sorry, I'm... <laughs> wow. <laughs> Shang Tsung. You, you got the Marvel in you. <laughs> wow. Um, yes, Shang Tsung. Um, but the thing, like, Scorpion's chain being a living little, like, demon the beaked thing no that's not that's not been carried over to my knowledge i'm i'm really disappointed at the (laughs) sub-zero and scorpion fights yeah they're They're garbage they should be the highlight sub-zero goes out so lame yeah he does (laughs) yeah they should be the best fights in the film and they're not and he's beaten by his own device sub-zero he's he's frozen and that's so un-sub-zero of him beaten by a bucket of water yeah, so and, and like the hint, the hint is so bad because it's like use the element which brings life, and like Liu <laughs> Kang just can't figure it out. Raiden literally puts a bucket of water in front of Liu Kang. He's like, "What?" And then and he, I didn't get it. He does and the he, uh, throw around. It seems like he could have avoided that because Sub Zero's just there doing his ice barrier, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think they're there because. It really took a while for the ninjas in Mortal Kombat to start getting some characterization. Like, there's the backstory for Scorpion that he's, like, a wraith out for revenge to avenge his family. But he didn't really start taking a main character role, I guess, until... Like, the animated series, really. Yeah, the fifth one. And not... Not just that, Mortal Kombat 2 gives an entirely new Sub-Zero. Mortal Kombat 1 has a different Sub-Zero. Yeah, Yeah. it's... Uh, it's, um, and two, it's, it's Noob Cybot's guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, so like, there is, like, no characterization for this guy. And so, like, they don't know what to do. But at the very least, in my head, I'm like, they could give him good fight scenes. I think the issue is, like, you can tell Liu Kang's actor can, like, do stunts. Mm-hmm. Um, Johnny Cage's actor clearly can't. <laughs> yeah, but he's trying his, his best. I don't know. I like, um, I like Lyndon Ashby in this movie. Uh, I think he has good lines. I think he has good, like, comic delivery. So, like, his performance is good. Like, I, I don't think he's bad. It's just, like, noticeable. Mm. Like, I think the Scorpion-Johnny Cage fight was, like, the one where I was like, oh, wait, is this, like, actually bad? Yeah, as, like, as like a fan of the series, it was so wild to me that Johnny Cage is the one to take out Scorpion and Goro. Yeah, and he's it's like, crazy. he like volunteers to fight Goro, and he's like, no, don't worry, I have a plan, and the plan is to hit him in the nuts and then just beat him in normal like hand to hand. Right. Yeah. Um. I think probably worse. Well, I think he does fine for himself, but uh, maybe worst casting might be Raiden here, which is just a 
Christopher maybe Lambert, yeah, yeah, maybe it's the implication that he's Chinese or that he's like a uh implacable Asian god of thunder rather than uh like the the actuality of the character based him on like a Japanese deity, Raijin. Yeah. And I think uh that's a little problematic and the movies never really solved that. They uh he seems to be from all kinds of different places between the games and the movies. I think he should be very like, specifically kind of, of a place. The kind of lore is that Raiden is just like the one real god on earth mm -hmm. um so he is he represents all cultures but he is known primarily as raiden mm -hmm. um yeah christopher lambert he's i don't know what i don't know what the performance he's giving is yeah i, 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 I kind of want to just know what the direction is i want to know how he came up with that voice <laughs> because yes. i know that's not his voice <laughs> What's even worse is is like the character. Like, so it's one thing. I don't, I don't think Lambert's a bad actor. Um, mm. I don't know if it's the material or what, but like Raiden is like a really bad like guide, like a good like he's a bad figure to be like. Oh, let me give you wisdom to overcome your character flaws. Yeah. Like. It's just garbage, and by the end of it, it's just like he's a little too pr like trickster, a little too much pranking. He has that laugh. Yeah, the laugh, <laughs> and then it's like I can't read what you mean by the laugh. <laughs> yeah, um, I think it could have been solved just giving Raiden an actual fight scene. Like he and Liu Kang kind of clash, but it's over in like five seconds. Uh, but I don't know. I think like. The cast they have is stable enough to carry it, and all it really needed is just, like, them up against a couple jobbers, and then Shang Tsung overseeing everything. And in that, I think it works. I think, like, the going to out, out um, other world, out realm, that's it. <laughs> um, there you go. And, like, the reptile fight feels very forced in, which I think it was production-wise. Then you have, like, the one shot of the Netherrealm Mountains, which they just use over and over uh, to... to... Keep reminding you that we're in another space. Yeah, the 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 sets aren't like I don't think the sets are like particularly good. Um, I like the reptile fight. Really? It's one of those things okay. where I think it's one of those things where I just enjoy seeing the fight because this is a fighting movie and like there's there's not a lot of like setup time for the tournament. Like you get to the tournament and them quote unquote fighting really early on. So like there's a lot of lacking scenes of that. So, like, getting at least one good one was important, I think, to me. Where I was like, okay, yeah, this is fine. This is fun. Um, although the Shang Tsung fight is also pretty good, yeah. I think. I, um, I know there's a, a running gag in the Mortal Kombat, like, fan community that, like, this tournament has no clear rules. Like, there's no brackets. <laughs> it's just, like, Scorpion attacks Johnny Cage out in the open. <laughs> <laughs> and then things like that. Or, like, the very first scene where they're eating, and then Shang Tsung's like, okay, tournament begins. And they just, like, all those mask guys come in and start fighting them. <laughs> or, or, like, uh, the, like the, the thing that got me was, like, at the end, where, like, he tries to make a deal with Johnny Cage. He's like, I will get to choose who to fight, and it will be the last fight of the tournament. I'm like, whoa, what... What is this? Yeah. Even Raiden is like, this doesn't make sense, dude. What? This is some bullshit. <laughs> It's a weird construction generally because like when I'm playing the games I don't think about what's between the fights. It's only fights, like it's a series of battles. Yeah, and, you got that ladder arcade mode. And like a lot of the uh depictions of Mortal Kombat seem to think that I'm very interested in what they do around the fighting, so 
uh for me like the that very short web series the unauthorized one i believe like the fan series is probably the closest i come to like what i wanted mortal kombat because uh they only just like focus on uh key character action like collection of people for like a tournament and then you know you don't have to spend time you don't need a conclusion really um because you're not going to land it i don't think um I think that's a really smart way to say it. it was like characters are interesting for Mortal Kombat. I think they're they're unique and fun. But when you actually get down to the tournament, the tournament matter. is not. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's I, it's the it's the character I, select screen you want. Yeah, it's just like what I said before. It's Power Rangers or it's like GI Joe. It's a bunch of execs sitting around in the '90s being like, "What are what are kids super into? They're into ninjas. They're into cyborgs." They're into, like, commandos and demons. Let's just put all of that in a fighting game and then market it towards adults. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mortal Kombat did have, like, this big uh, uh, thing around it, which I, I don't think the movie really had. I think it kind of softens a lot of the uh, fatality. It's very action. bloodless. Yeah, it's very bloodless. It doesn't have, like, you know, ripping, like, heads off. And I, th- I think I do prefer the 2021 version because I think it gets a little closer to that... Uh, 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 the physicality of, of what the games have become from nine to eleven, yep. they're very, very mm-hmm. physical in a in a more interesting way, I think, than the uh, early games. Although, uh, yeah, like I say, this was coming out around Mortal Kombat three, which is probably like the peak of my uh, interest in it. I was still going to arcades around that point, and uh, Mortal Kombat was like a big, like a, a kind of gimmicky side attraction. Like the you know the real the real heads out there were just playing mm-hmm. Street Fighter, and they still are, I believe. Um, but Mortal Kombat just became like this, this thing, like it was just so you had to like, you wanted to put quarters in because you wanted to see if you could get those fatalities and, uh, you'd keep playing until you got them. That was like the genius of the arcade design, right? Like, uh, you're, you're not going to stop putting quarters in until you see all the fatalities, babalities, animalities, all those things. And like, none of that really factors in an interesting way. I think there's like one fatality maybe, or there's a few, but they're not interesting. Shang Tsung keeps saying like fatality and yeah. finish him. Right. Oh, he also does uh and this bothered me so much. He says flawless victory like two or three times. When it's clearly like he got they got a hit in. Yeah. And yeah. like my picky brain is like, that wasn't a flawless victory. What the fuck are you saying, <laughs> Shang Tsung? Um the other thing I wanted to say was, real quick on Goro, what did you think of the effect? Because that was not CG. Yeah, I was. It took me a minute to figure out whether or not that was like a um, a Ninja Turtles t- style puppet, or if it was uh, like a stop motion effect. Um, you know, it holds up. I'm not gonna say it holds up perfectly well because they're still kind of doing it on a budget. But you know, in the moments where he's like that, that like the introductory scene with Kano, it's very believable yeah. that it's like you know he's there. He is a living creature. And that's like you know part credit to Kano's actor being good, opera, uh, you know, acting off a puppet, and just like the yeah. performance of Kevin Michael Richardson. Um, I could have done with a little less of Goro's constant grunting, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like when he's chasing John E. Cage and he's just like, oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. 
could have done with a little less of that. Um, that's probably just something they, they overdid in ADR. I think like that animatronics of like that suit and everything they kind of built around the world is kind of fun. And I like the very, I like the cheapness outside like the um, animatronic or cinematronic side, which is just a uh, very 90s approach to uh, CG. Like when the, these games started having CG in them, it was the cheesiest shit in the world. And I think it's kind of what you want in a fighting game. Um, that's my kind of like cherished uh, point for fighting games when you just have like battles and then like uh, think of like Tekken as like the ultimate like uh, cutscenes and endings in a, a mm -hmm. fighting video game. Just cheesy as shit. I, I like that. And, yeah, and I think it's interesting because like the interesting thing about Mortal Kombat as a game visually was that it was human actors, right? right. It was photographs. Yeah. So, so that is very weird to see. And then Goro is like this claymation thing. It looks fake in the game, in a, in a game where things, I, I don't want to say look real, but put 10 quotes on that. So it feels very Ray Harryhausen on yeah. a shoestring budget. And I think it works. Yeah. I, I, I agree. It, it reminds you of the fucking game. Where it's like, this, no, this is appropriate. Yeah, in terms of capturing the visual aesthetic, like minus like the lack of like ultra violence and gore this is pretty like faithful visually i feel i don't know i guess johnny cage could have taken his shirt off and revealed the tat he has his name tattooed across his chest <laughs> it'd be nice just, just some ridiculous shit yeah, yeah. Hmm. um but uh you know here's the thing i think my i think the reason why people look up to this as like a pillar of the the filmmaking is not necessarily because of its quality i think it was possibly because of its subject matter and how much it aligns without being like shy about it so like for instance i think like the reason why and we'll get to it one day the super mario brothers movie has a lot of mixed feelings is because i think it is in some way ashamed of the subject matter yeah. so it goes for a completely different direction whereas mortal Kombat very much embraces what the subject matter is and is not afraid to be just as you know mediocre and flashy as uh as its subject matter so then so then it all lines up and it becomes appropriate i said this has big energy of like owning it on vhs inviting your friends over for like a movie night and watching it there or like bring it on a road trip or something like walking into blockbuster hollywood video or whatever and seeing that like dragon with the flames around it uh ordering a pizza you could see like the uh playing mortal Kombat through the night yeah it would be a good um, night we'll, we'll we'll get to it one day but have you all seen annihilation yeah no i do Oof. know is it they bring in Cyrax in that one? And I, I love they bring Cyrax, in a bunch of people. The they bring in too many people. Okay. Yeah. Cyrax is my They bring guy. in Sindel. <laughs> fucking they bring in everybody. Man. Wait, who's uh who's main? Cyrax has always been my main after Mortal Kombat 3. Oh uh, golly. Um in Mortal Kombat X and Eleven, I play a lot of Cassie Cage. Hmm. Um I think in but in X, I also played Predator, but that's just because I like Predator. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
In MK9, I think I did do Cyrax because I like okay. the bombs. Yeah, me too. I, I always love just like the uh, design of Cyrax and the idea of because we had like the ninja kind of color swaps, uh, kind of like the cyber the, ninjas. Yeah, the cyber ninjas was a good extension of that original premise i thought my my mains are johnny cajun sub-zero fair they're, they're, they always are they're the classic a traditionalist you know? if you will yeah yeah <laughs> actually when um, i played mortal kombat 3 ultimate i did beat it as johnny cage i think i've played all the mortal kombat games now so possibly all 11 and and like the weird anthologies and side games and shaolin monks and uh, i think i mm. i'm a mortal kombat completist in some way um, I played on the Genesis, obviously, because I want real blood and shit. And this is like the Super <laughs> Nintendo adaptation of what Mortal yeah. Kombat could be. So, uh, I, I, yeah, I think I think the immortal flaw is what Cal has been saying, which is this is a PG thirteen movie when it should clearly be R. Um, yeah, with just some more like violent, like fucking, like if Tom Savini did fucking horror effects for like fatalities, yeah. <laughs> this would be like a next level thing. Yeah, that'd be fucking sick. More, yeah, more um, like gore and horror effects would, yeah, would really but bring it on. I don't know. Along. I feel like if you, you would just need to change the entire tone and feel of the movie to include that. Because if it was as is, but then like, I don't know, Goro ripped that guy, Art Lean's head off and crushed it in his hand. Like I, the tone wouldn't be able to recover, you know. <laughs> no, you see, to me, to me, it's like maybe, maybe less, maybe downtown, like downplay horror a little bit, but like you could do like a RoboCop thing mm. where you're just like, there's like a point of absurdity to it, and that's like yeah. very close to fatalities, yeah. Right, like ripping a dude's spine out of his thing, it'd be like, oh, I gotcha, like that's that's silly, <laughs> y'all. Yeah. The right way to adapt it's probably just to do that, like that Scorpion animated film that came out a couple of years ago is probably the better or smarter way to actually handle the material. But I think Paul W.S. Anderson at least is so unashamed, like you said, uh, Mario Brothers is, is a little bit ashamed of itself, but he is so embracing of what video games are and, and how we play them. And I, he doesn't yeah. like shy away from like, this would be embarrassing. He's like, let's go full fucking techno Eurodance intro. And you're like, I'm having fun yeah. already. And uh, that's the difference between the new movie, which I think is just a, at least like in that like bone crunching new structure, you don't have to have like a full blood fest. You could just have a lot of physicality and you sell what Mortal Kombat is now. So do you feel like uh, Mortal Kombat has a bright future in film ahead? Yeah. That I, second movie? I like the 2021 movie almost for like, the same-ish reasons as this one in that it's kind of unashamed to just be a video <laughs> game adaptation but i will i won't if you gave me like one or the other this or that i think i would prefer this because this feels very uh self-contained i guess is a way i would say the, the 2021 movie just spends so much time setting things up that it doesn't really get to the mortal combat bit mm-hmm yeah, like it's, they, it's really like, a part one. What do they one. call it? The Arcana? Like, every character has a unique power. Kano's is. He has a laser eye. One Again, single laser eye. But I think maybe that's the point where it would become disappointing. Like, uh, I think I mentioned that early in the show. It's like, uh, you don't really want the tournament. I think you want the collecting of the guys and to go to the island. And I, I don't think you I don't think you want to get into the meat of the tournament. So uh, we'll see. I am optimistic. Uh the, the director of that movie said he has four more sequels planned. I'm excited if he does four. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah, I'm down for it. I'm here for it. I love Mortal Kombat.
<laughs> I I agree. I think we're winding down on this one. Do you think we should uh, go to Silent Hill? We should meet in our special place. Okay, everybody, so we're going from one beloved video game adaptation to another beloved video game adaptation, Silent Hill. Um, different tone completely, but um, I, I guess I'm just going to ask you all, what did you all think of it? Well, I don't know anything really. I've never played a Silent Hill. Um, the one I'm most familiar with is Silent Hill 2, just through like, osmosis i've I watched a playthrough a couple of years back but um so i recognize certain imageries and such uh this is just feels so very 2000s horror movie to me it's a lot of religious imagery and dilapidated buildings which were very in at that time i can't really say why um you know i think it's just fine <laughs> and that's my okay. overall take. It's fine. I think. Okay. Okay. Go ahead, Cal. Maybe I'm a Silent Hill mega fan, or at least a fan enough to really want Silent Hill to always be great more than I think Konami wants it to be great. Uh, I feel like it's always a series where developers are at odds with Konami. Like they gave them like ground rules and they broke them. Team Silent broke them from game one on. Mm. And that's why it was kind of adversarial and why they kept gutting their team after every game. Um, and I think it's a very funny path to having a movie. Christopher Gans, a French director, they put out very, very limited uh, pressing of Silent Hill in France. So he's like one of the few people in the country who actually played it. Um, and <laughs> that just that very specific path where he like constructed a huge thing to like put together for Konami, who uh, um, I wouldn't say is precious about their license, but needs convincing to do anything. They they are very uh, money minded, so they also wanted to make a push for this to be uh, financially stable and also appeal to Americans specifically, as with the uh, horror series, which uh, I think got away from some like the Japanese horror and B movie trappings to get to like an American. Uh, cinema of like atmospherics and a uh, kind of town like rooted in David Lynchy and like a uh, uh, themes um, something about like the way Christopher Gans approached it he's like saying how like when he played the game uh, it was like the journey of the game being in that physical space and that's all he really wanted to adapt was like the the journey of a physical space and an atmosphere being in it so the context changes but I think ultimately he does get what the game well he changes kind of the meaning of what the game is, right? Like, if the game's about, like, found family, then this one's about, like, ancient curses and, like, a Jaws, like, uh, what if we trust the wrong person and the town goes awry? But um, ultimately, I, I am still very excited about this. It did live up to my kind of lofty memories of it. Um, yeah, you know, I'm, I am of both minds here. I am on the fence, as always. Um, I think I can totally see taking a step back 
the uh, I, I think it's specifically the production quality and visual look specifically looks like that mid 2000s. However, like regarding like the church and like those themes and also like the spatial things to it, I think this film gets a lot right. I think I think this is one of those scenarios where the film was praised because of how much it got right. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Mortal Kombat versus how much it do- it you know on its own it doesn't you know do it. Um, it communicates the appeal of Silent Hill. It communicates that uh, that weird space between the otherworldliness of it, the sort of horror of falling ash almost being snow. Um, and like in terms of plot elements, um, it does a really smart job of doing everything. You can tell this was made by a fan. Oh, yeah. Um, and like, yeah, you can tell because... Uh, it, it's just like the the specific you know settings like it's just small things regarding the locations in the town mm-hmm. or the theme they use music from the games angela's theme pops up quite a bit um some people sometimes complain about the presence of pyramid head or whatever or like the monsters of silent hill 2 but it's one of those things where i think bringing in elements of silent hill 2 sort of helps because this movie is mostly Silent Hill 1 with some artistic liberties taken. Um, kind of, yeah. I think it helps. It, it, it heightens it. Because Silent Hill 2 is sort of the introduction to the more psychological elements. And the church cult stuff was in Silent Hill 1. You know what I mean? Mm. So I think it's a good blend of all of that. And the most important thing for me is as an adaptation of Silent Hill 1, it it changes one major thing and i think it works for the film because the story is dedicated to it which is changing the main character from a father to a mother and very focusing on like the fragile relationship between that and all that i I think the film works on that level i know christopher gans only wanted the film to be women he actually didn't want a father character he wanted all the townspeople and the main character and the daughter to all be women and and have like this spiritual connection about birth and all that, but uh, yeah, studios and uh, Konami wanted uh, the father to have like a balance, and um, that at least plays well visually because you kind of like pop out of the uh, Silent World dim- or Silent Hill dimension, and you have a more colorful reality in outside of that West Virginian town. You have Sean Bean making a wholehearted effort at an American accent. Yeah. Um I I don't particularly like Sean Bean's like side quest. I think it's nice and it does. I think it's worth it. They should just cut some of the runtime on it. Uh because at the end of the movie, I think that is a good ending. Um where th- it shows the difference between the worlds and how distant they are and yet how close they are. I think it works then, but you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that division um, of the world actually works very well, and uh, kind of like incorporating kind of the car crash, and like in the game, you you crash the car, and, and the kid goes missing. Um, uh, in the game, it's not like implied that the girl is actually uh, his daughter. <laughs> like it's a uh, the kind of message of the game is kind of found family. It's kind of whoever you're with and whoever helps you along can be valued as family, and kind of opposite in the movie uh, because it doesn't really have like a. a a resolve at the end it's kind of just uh, maybe you're always in silent hill yeah no it's weird um and i mean like yeah i think oh 
uh, silent. There's like one ending that I think lines up with the alien this film. Yeah, extraterrestrial. No, not no. I was gonna say the alien. <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> oh God, no! I was gonna say the uh, the ending where Harry. It's the worst ending you can get in Silent Hill One. It's the one where Harry like is dead in the car, like a- AKA he died in the car crash. And it, it presents start. like the uh, reality of the game is a death dream that he has in the car, which is yes. kind of interesting. Yes, and that's interesting. And I think I think there's an element of that in this film. Except, and I think that may. <laughs> Go ahead. Except the next movie that they make kind of tries to solve it oh god and, like tries to well, ignore that shit it tries to like bring her back yeah. into the real world and, uh, it's it's so stupid i think my biggest issue with this movie is that rose is just not an interesting character oh and having it being just like her moving from area to area and reacting to things up until it's time to explain what the plot is um, I don't know. Like, it does capture that very video gamey feel. That yeah. I, I was gonna say, it's a very silent. And there's like multiple moments. There's a door behind a painting. <laughs> and, like, there's like a Silent Hill two moment where they have to jump from building to building because there's a hole in the wall. Yeah, <laughs> it feels very video game logic. Very PlayStationy yeah. era too. Uh, a lot of like the um, camera angles and things that wouldn't be used in uh, video games after then. Uh, are kind of incorporated uh, especially like going down into like into the basement with like the gray children or whatever it's a uh, I, I think it incorporates very well like the iconography of the series the pyramid head of it all the nurses and and kind of like just like what like the visual aesthetic of monsters and creatures would be in that world um i like that rose's like costume deteriorates they change it out like 34 times in costume department so props to them for actually working on it actually literally props i suppose yeah there you go. Good pun. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> I I guess my thing is is like Murph. Let's keep talking about why why it like was mixed for you. Do you think it's only because of like its cultural context and like time? Like, is it because it's like a mid two thousands horror movie, which um, aren't no, amazing? You know I like, or I like I, the visual aesthetic of it. I was seeing some people like detracting it because the because of the excessive use of green screen, but I don't know. I think that actually helps it make you feel like you're in another world. Um, the monsters are practical. Yeah, I guess so it helps. I guess because my perception, my only perception of the series is Silent Hill Two, which is much more cerebral and psychological. I guess I was coming into it thinking that's like the entire series, so I was sitting there wondering, like, oh. okay, so what's like the shoe going dropping for? rose's character gonna be are we gonna find out that she's actually like a terrible abusive mother or something it handles that badly it It handles her relationship really badly and she makes you know you could cinema sins some of her choices i won't do it but you could Mm -hmm. really tear this apart if you wanted um i think i think you have to play the game actually i think unlike mortal kombat this is very reliant on an experience of the first game this holds up as its own in fact i knew people um around the time this came out who who liked this movie not even knowing it was a video game i think know? to like become like a very passionate I, fan of it though probably requires that that other half um i think what divorces it from that era of movies is it's neither torture porn nor is it um I, jump scares i don't know man that that finale where all that barbed <laughs> wires going up that lady's cooch like mm-hmm. that was <laughs> 
a little bit. Uh, but there's no real jump scares in the movie, which kind of separates it from a certain no. low era. No, it's a very horror. slow, plodding horror with a lot of the creatures. Like that, Um, I guess that was supposed to be the janitor. Uh, the thing that touches the walls and makes them evil or what have you. Yeah. Uh, like that's like a very good sequence, but I also was kind of waiting for that thing to come back. Yeah. <laughs> and I just was like mentally like, oh, that would have been a boss fight in the video game or like, something. Like he said, uh, well, Christopher Gann said that he was like, uh, I, I don't want to make a horror movie. It's like, I just want to make a nightmare that you kind of live in for a while, like the video game. Uh, that that yeah. works for me to that end. I think uh, it's not perfect ever. Um, I th- I think there's a lot of elements that, um, what do we think of like number one Sybil, uh, the cop, and what do we think of the the, the actual cult? Because also I will say I, I think in terms of actual plot differences, the other major plot difference is how the cult functions with the history of the girl. Mm-hmm. Um, they change her name in this uh, from Cheryl to Sharon. My I just remembered that <laughs> I, I I thought I wasn't gonna remember Sharon's name. Um, and like Alessa and all that stuff. So what, what did you guys feel about the cult? I guess is a way to say that. Mm, I feel like uh, the movie kind of I... loses a lot of its mileage once it gets to those moments. It kind of, it has to exposition itself. I think it would be so cool if it didn't. Yeah. The cult, like, I can't really think of many stories I've liked where it, like the antagonist is just like a nebulous cult, you know? Um, mm-hmm. other than like night in the woods, but that's like a, an edge case. Um, like when it actually gets to, cause it's like, it takes so long to actually get to, for lack of a better word, a point. Cause yeah. it's like the girl that's goes fair. missing and then you've got 50 minutes of moving from location to location, seeing creepy shit. And then it's like, she finds other humans living in the town with Sybil, the cop. And it's like, okay, here's, here's what's everything's going on. Here's the explanation the you know, the, the psychic girl split her soul in half, what have you. Um, you know, I think like, again, like the production design is very good. Like I like how washed out they all look to like signify that they're already dead. Hmm. Um, but I just don't find them better antagonists than just like the creatures themselves. And if it if it had tied together being like, oh, like this is a representation of Rose's conflict with religion or something like that, you know, if it was emblematic of something other than just being like a cult, I could get into yeah. it. But it, yeah, that's where it definitely started to lose me. Uh, so basically, I think the thing is, and it's I guess it's a hard thing because I understand why they did it within the film is the cult is more developed and has a more developed motivation in the games. It does, yeah. um, here, it, he, here, it, here it really is just like uh, calling someone a witch, burning them and being wrong because someone was shitty. Yeah. Um, it's important. It's important in the game that Dahlia, the girl's mother, and like the the cult leader are the same person in the game. It's because there's here. like a split yeah. here. Yeah, there's a split here to sort of. I think I think the film wants to be kinder to the idea of mothers in this, um, and like obviously play into that mother aspect. But like the it because of that, 
it's a much more two-dimensional motivation and it's much more simpler and it also means that what's her name what's the main character's rose yeah rose it means that rose doesn't really do anything (laughs) like climax moment is confronting them and calling them you know hypocrites and like blindly following someone based on fear and then after that it's really just like springing a trap and like oh karma came they they got what was coming to them whereas in the games it's much more like the protagonist has to confront horrors and address them uh there's a much more active role you know what i mean i think that's a big difference yeah i think this could have worked for me better if there was a bit more lead in to getting to silent hill you know like maybe i don't know they're taking the girl to like a psychiatrist or something or what have you well it's also different Uh, in the game there because they're just like going into vacation then the car crashes they're in silent hill and then they kind of have to construct something here i suppose they're constructing that um just that uh you know she uh she's dreaming of this place she thinks it's home and they have to take her to this place i never really imagined silent hill is west virginia uh but but maybe that's you know i I think a lot of what happens is kind of like studio effects i feel like it would just be like a experiential like explore the nightmare kind of movie if if he just got his own left his own devices there um i don't recall correctly but i think uh I, I don't I don't know where it is canonically in the games. Um, I get West Virginia vibes because I've lived in West Virginia, um, and I I think. But you guys are from the well, Pacific he wanted Northwest, it to be so like a coal mining town, and that's what you get yes. in West Virginia. It, it, it looks like it was yeah, uh, and like yeah, Pennsylvania. The, the, those vibes are definitely there, and I think an important factor that was absolutely maintained from the first game to this was. Um, Silent Hill as a personality in itself, um, because of the coal mining aspect, it maintains something that I think is super important to the first game, which is the economy of Silent Hill. I think one of the understated things, like if I ever wrote a fucking video game essay on Silent Hill, it would be sort of the town economics. Because like in, in the game, Silent Hill was a tourist town until it doesn't, until tourism dries up and then they go to human sacrifice through cults you know what i mean like it's one of those things where their economies intertwined so like seeing the living conditions of silent hill as its own horror i think it's really important and uh works here mm-hmm. and i think it, it does move it from i think it well it's based on a town in pennsylvania the game takes place in like maine i think uh so you have like those coastal horrors you either have david lynch or stephen king you're either west or east mm-hmm. coast in your american horrors uh stories uh uh at least you're like uh, atmospheric psychological american horrors are usually the coast um uh, i don't know about west virginia as a setting there but uh, that's fine it doesn't really do much in that way so west Virginia's where the mothman is man <laughs> yeah dog west virginia is scary um i do it think is. there is something <laughs> missing without I think there is something missing without the water because water is a big deal in Silent Hill. Right. Um, but thinking. but the original but the original inspiration was based on the Pennsylvania uh, fire beneath, and you I think the imagery is played well here um, with the the burning coal mine down below, which is a real thing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So you know it it, it works. Eh. The film's good. I, I guess the yeah, question just... I think Murph wanted to ask earlier was, is this better than Mortal Kombat? No, no. I have, if we, if we have like 
any further thoughts on Silent Hill? Do we? Like, uh, I think, like, uh, they should keep making, like, pachinko tables of, of Silent Hill. Um, Konami. <laughs> The the worst, like, stewards of any franchise. I don't know what they want to do with it. I think there's, like, Silent Hill 2 coming exclusively to did, PlayStation. Wait, yeah, did you did you not see the Silent Hill, uh, vid- like, stream? Because they they announced quite a bit. Did they? Okay. I need to did check that out. They announced, like, yes, a period uh, piece one? I, yeah, I could go over it real quick. Okay. Uh, this is from memory, so please forgive me. There is a Silent Hill 2 remake uh for next gen consoles uh with bloober team in control it is an over the shoulder it is an over the shoulder game um apparently there's some changes but they do have the art director and i think music director brought back from silent hill do we have do Um, we have akira yamioka again is he composing i don't think so oh my god uh uh, 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 maybe wait 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 wait. yeah composing it's possible okay Uh, i I think that's the best thing about the movie is that it mixes it differently but all of the music comes from akira yamioka's uh uh compositions on the games which i think are my favorite video game compositions Again, the the people they brought back from the actual first Silent Hill 2, I believe, are the uh, monster artist, the guy who designed Pyramid Head. Okay. He's back. Yeah. Well, that's um, good. And, and the musician. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure it's him. Okay. Um, if I remember names. Anyways, and then the other ones are, there is a new movie coming out by the same director. Did you not know that? No. <laughs> this is good news, at least. Townfall. Yes, he is literally making another one. He is Fantastic. in pre-production, but but he showed up and he was like, "I made the original. I'm making another." Movie. Well, let's run this so podcast that, that, at least till he makes his movie. Then we could shut it down. There, there you Fair go. Enough. I I agree. We're, we'll we'll let it ride. Um, and then there's like interesting ones that are I think most important for the future of the franchise, which are some spinoffs, specifically an Annapurna published or like developed or whatever, like. I think it's colonial or something. I don't know. It's very vague. Mm-hmm. But then there's it's, also uh, one that's very. Go ahead. Oh, oh, were you talking about Silent Hill F or If? I think it's called. No, that is the Japanese one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. There's one that's Japanese um, and has a cinematic trailer. I was talking about the one that I. It it was uh it lo- it sounds like radio stations changing and people talking. So it may be one of those uh, talky games. Uh, we shall see. But either way, I think those are probably the future for the franchise, unless uh, Bluebird. But we shall see. <laughs> Who knows? Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm excited yeah. for the future of Silent Hill. I'm more we excited knowing there's a movie coming again. Uh, we need a course correction after yeah. that second one. So. I think if he did one on Silent Hill 3, it would be good. I think he said in the film, or like in the stream, that it's going to be based on Silent Hill 2. Well, that's I good, think I think. That. That, that could if be I remember good. right. As long as we get the dog ending, uh, I'll be okay. 100%. Um, All right. So to kind of wind us down, I have three questions I have come up with. Uh, more possible endings. My, my, Murph, my Murph queries. Um, the first one, which we've kind of already like discussed back and forth, but the first one is, of these two movies, which is the better adaptation and which is the better film? Hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I think Silent Hill is both for me, uh, both the better yeah, okay. adaptation of like living inside the atmosphere of the of the thing, and then also the better film that I'd rather watch than than Mortal Kombat, which I think is just fine or a little bit below fine. Um, you know, I'm I'm a little bit with Murph in that um I don't think the the film of Silent Hill like ascends to another level. 
I think it only conveys the appeal of the game. Oh, interesting. So I don't think it's like transcendent or anything. No, maybe not. So like, yeah. but but, but here's more combat at all. Yeah. yeah, it's a terrible movie. I'm not, I'm not saying more combat is transcendent, but it's more like I don't know. They definitely compete for best adaptation, and for film, I think Silent Hill is better as a film but I, i'll give moral combat adaptation sure yeah well because i think it captures the time better i think it captures the cultural climate better than what silent hill does for attitudes that's fair <laughs> yeah um so for this second question um this may be more relevant as we get into other movies uh kind of ignore what we just talked about at the end of the silent hill conversation of these two franchises, which ones do you, which one do you think deserves another shot at a film adaptation? Do you mean in the same tone and by the same production team? <laughs> no, or just what? Like, like they are both getting movies. It's very yeah, funny that no, they're both going kind of on in this case. Yeah. We know for sure both are getting movies, but if like you know, let's say that these are the only film adaptations we ever got of these franchises. And you had to pick one, Mortal Kombat or Silent Hill. Which would you want, like, a modern movie of? I think Silent Hill has more creative opportunities. I think there's only so many stories you could tell with Mortal Kombat. I think Silent Hill I think has even that. Mortal Kombat, the game developers know that. Yeah, I, think, I think Silent Hill has that crossover appeal. Historically... Where you could probably bring people in sans the game. Historically, Silent, yeah. Hill, Silent Hill has the most opportunities to hurt me and damage me as a fan. Uh, so I'm very, uh, I'm very wounded and cautious. I think Mortal Kombat, I just have an easier time with because I'm like, oh, I, you know, if it's just a dumb ninja movie, that's, you know, that's the game. That's good. Fair. All right. And the final question, I'm calling this the Street Fighter question. <laughs> Which okay. of these movies would you want a the movie, the game adaptation of? Deadly Premonition. Mo <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. I don't think I don't think if they translated Silent Hill the movie the game it would be better than Silent Hill 1. No. One of the best games of all time possibly if you ask me and maybe some other people. Um, but I don't think I'll say that sure one of the best games of all time. Don't put me, don't make me put a number on it, but I'll say yeah. So what's the question? We're we're asking if we if so we'd adapt if, them back. If to this a game? movie was adapted into a game yeah. Which, if you made a game of the movie. Yeah. The reverse yeah. adaptation. I mean, I, I don't want to, like, sit through the video game cutscenes of that Mortal Kombat. I mean, maybe I do. Maybe they'd be even worse but, and cheesier. But also, Street Fighter, the movie, the game, is the Mortal Kombat version of Street Fighter. It's literally just the actors photographed <laughs> into movesets. Yeah. yeah. So I think Mortal Kombat is super prepared for that. I think it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we already have the, the better version of Silent Hill, I think. So. We don't need it to go and back to that kind, well. They kind of did do the uh, Mortal Kombat, the movie, the game, with uh, Mortal Kombat 11. They brought in um, the original actor for Shang Tsung and then released bonus content where you could have um, uh, Christopher Lambert. Um, the, I've been blanking on their names because I closed the Johnny window. Cage and Sonya Blade yeah, actors. As Johnny Cage and Sonya Blade. And oh, they that's like, great. do all the voice lines. They have the face model. Um, I like using that because I like using uh, that version of Sonya Blade over the Ronda Rousey one. So, <laughs> damn, makes sense. Um, we don't even know 
what the next episode is. What is the next Rogan, episode? Rogan, do you just want to announce talk about it, it right we'll now? We'll just go. <laughs> um, well, they just uh, they just uploaded all the Donkey Kong TV series to, to Amazon. No, uh, what do we really want to do? I don't know about that. I don't um, Super Mario Bros. and Detective Pikachu. Okay, I just watched Detective Pikachu, so I think I'll be prepared already. For that, and that, uh, yeah, wait, wait, wait. Are we doing Super a? Bros, are we doing new Super Mario Bros. or are we doing the? the no, classic? no, the Bob Hoskins to coincide. Okay. Perfect. Because I think the new one's not out for a bit, isn't it? And I think we could come back to that later. I think we have enough going, and that could be covered on like spoiling things, and um, mm-hmm. we'll we'll figure our way around that. I think there's a way to do that right. both places. So next episode is going to be the original Super Mario Brothers movie and Detective Pikachu. (laughs) Fun combo. Very exciting. Yep. See you all next time.